This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 637 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com for the whole world of equestrian shopping delivered right to your door. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today, a little something different. As many of our listeners are aware, we recently completed a fencing project here at the distractingly beautiful new Ocala, Florida Command Center for the Horse Radio Network. Well... We couldn't have done it without the help from the fine folks at Field Guardian Fencing Systems. Listen in as Glenn the Geek and I get the answers to all of the all sorts of fencing questions that you were afraid to ask in number two of this four-part series. But before we get to the, today's tips, let's hear from today's sponsor, EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Glenn, back with you from the Horse Radio Network. I'm here with Debbie from Equestrian Collections and... We are highlighting a program you guys have going on this week. Yes, this week I'm highlighting our Mount Up to Rewards program. When you sign up for this program, and you can do that on our website, www.equestriancollections.com, with every dollar that you spend here at Equestrian Collections, you earn a point. As soon as you accumulate 500 points, you will receive in your email a $25 rewards certificate. It's a gift certificate that you can use at Equestrian Collections on anything that you would like. And it doesn't stop there. Once you receive your gift certificate, you start accumulating points again so that the next time you reach 500 points, you will receive another $25 gift certificate. There's absolutely nothing you need to pay to get up on this program. As soon as you sign up, it's free and clear. It's free money. I love the fact that for you know for each 500 points you get that uh, tw- 25 bucks to blow on whatever you want, and for all of you horse wives out there, that's money your horse husband doesn't know about. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Where can they learn more? Is there something on the site they can get to, or? Yes, on the home page at www.equestriancollections.com. At the bottom of the page, you'll see the rewards. Click a box and you click on that, and there's an entire, all the information that you need to sign up. Or you can always call customer service at 877-872-4415. We're here from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. Now, enjoy today's tips. Well, we're back with part two of our fencing series that we're doing here on the Horse Radio Network. And I have Coach Jen here with me, host of the uh, Horse Tip Daily Show. And, of course, I'm Glenn the Geek with the Horses in the Morning Show. Now, Jennifer, uh, anybody that missed part one should go back and take a listen to it because we really established the types of fencing and, and what we ended up using was the polytape fencing. And we also discussed about how we... We came about choosing field guardian fencing systems as our choice for, for the fencing we put up at the new world headquarters, the Horse Radio Network here in Ocala, Florida. Distractingly beautiful world headquarters. Headquarters, that is true. Jennifer <laughs> has the most beautiful view out of her studio window. So let's talk about today in part two, let's talk about laying out the paddocks and, and talk about obstacles and, and all of the things that you have to take into consideration when you're putting up fencing. And let's help people do it right the first time so they don't have to make the same mistakes we've made over the years. And I have Jason here, who is the founder and owner of Field Guardian. Hello, Jason. 
Hello, how are you doing? Good. Now, we learned some things doing this. We didn't know that we could get so much help, and I don't know if all the fencing companies are this way, but you guys certainly are. When I said, okay, we, we got... We, we need to, two paddocks, and this is about the acreage, about an acre and, acre and a half, and we're going to need probably this number of gates and everything. We didn't know. And then we looked at your website, and we were trying to calculate and figure out all the parts and pieces we needed between the wire and the insulators and all the parts. A little overwhelming. It was overwhelming. We just got lost. And then you said, well, you don't do that. You just send it to us, and we figure it out for you. We didn't know that that existed. That's a nice feature and a nice benefit we try to provide all of our customers. Um, some customers already know exactly what they want, and so we just let them tell us what they need. Others have, don't have a clue. And one of the best ways for us to help them is for them to sketch out a diagram of what they think they want. If they send that to us, we can get them exactly what they need without getting them too much or too little. And there's nothing worse than getting to that last part of your fence and needing one more widget or two more of these and not having it. That is absolutely true. <laughs> or, or my favorite, ordering the wrong part. Part, yeah. Yes, you guys fixed that for us because um, technology has come a long way since we built fencing last. And there are all kinds of bits and parts and, and speciality things that make it go so smoothly. And had I not sent that diagram to you folks, had I tried to do it myself, I would not have been able to take advantage of all those shortcuts so to speak then they that make the fence look good and go up easier and be safer for my horse you guys were right on it and i sent you the diagram you sent it back and said this is what you need and ta-da now what is, what needs to be on the diagram for people who who are thinking about this um basically they lay out their 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 fields their paddocks their corrals uh just the corners and where they want their wire or tapes to run and usually we have them mark the corner post and where they want their gates and where their barn is in reference to where they want to put their charger. Um, we don't tell people how to put their fence up, and our philosophy is you build your fence the way you want, and we'll get you the stuff that you need to make it to how you want. Uh, some people like to have their gates hot. Some people don't mind not having their gates hot when they're open. And so those are some of the choices we give people, and if we have it laid out how they want, we'll pick the pieces that fit just their needs without having too much left over or not enough when the time comes to put the fence up. So the more accurate you can make the measurements about the lengths of those stretches in, in, on your fencing, uh, that's the most important thing there. It is. And sometimes if someone can give us the dimensions of what they want, if they're kind of flexible in what they desire, we can help them maybe change a little bit to limit waste of product. Now, for example, if, if a person wants a 700-foot run, well, if they're not stuck on 700 feet, if we can make it down 650 or 660, that way we can sell, you know, provide one roll of, of tape that'll do the entire run perfectly without having waste or any cuts or, or, or stoppages or, or connections down the run. Little things like that, by providing a diagram, help us provide what they need faster and easier. The other thing about it, it helps you as a customer save a whole lot of time. You can spend hours trying to figure out the stuff yourself. We do it every day, so it's a lot easier for us just to help you get what you need quicker. And you're probably going to save money because you're not ordering stuff you don't need, which is what what you're going to end up doing, probably. That's correct. Um, now, so now the gates, where the gates are, is important because the number of gates and and because that determines what again what pieces and parts you're going to need. So the number of gates is important. Do you have a recommendation uh, as far as gates are concerned? 
as far and I don't mean yet the stuff that used for the gates, but where gates should be and and how many there should be in a given paddock. Um, there's no requirement. I think if people don't have an idea of where to put one, we can help them out as far as logistics and flow of animals. But most times, our 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 thought process for gates is you put a gate where you need it. If you want a gate somewhere, put it there. And if it could be better serving the purpose a few feet one direction or another direction, we'll suggest that. But most people have an idea. They want to bring their truck in from this direction and, and feed over in this corner. They want it right here. And most times, people have a good idea already what they need, so we don't have to help too often locate uh, gates. Uh, the one thing we do always ask people is they want their gate hot or not when the fence is open. Uh, or I should say, you want your fence hot when the gate is open. And that's one thing that people don't ever think about is you have a, a circle or a, a continuous line of electric fence going up. When you open a gate, that, usually can, that can break the circuit and make the remaining portion of the downstream fence no longer hot. And so How have, do you solve that? Um, using an under-gate cable to bring the electricity or the shock, the, the voltage from one side under the fence and connect to, to the tape on the other side. So you actually so dig gate, a trench under where the gate would be? Yes, sir, you do. You dig a trench six, eight inches deep, uh, you bury the cable, and it comes up on the other side, and it continues the, the voltage down that remaining part of the fence it's when all- the gate is open. That's also really nice for folks when you open the gate, you're using an electric fence gate, you open it up and you drop it on the ground. It makes this lovely little ticking noise, which many, many horses are scared of. And by using that method that Jason just told you about, you don't have that problem. That's correct. Well, that, that's interesting. Now, what about gates and corners? I know there's a lot of people that say you should never put your gate in a corner that it should be in the middle of the run rather than the corner. Because when you're bringing your horses in and out, and then you got them close to the fence, do you have thoughts on that? Um, we agree with that as well. And sometimes, depending on if you have a, like a metal gate, a pipe fence gate, when you open it all the way up, it'll touch the, the fence on the other angle. Ooh, that's and bad. And short out your fence that way as well. So <laughs> it's not always that. good to put the, the fence gate in the corner. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Ouch. <laughs> Now, what options do we have while we're talking about gates? We have, we have the metal fence gate. What are the advantages to using the metal fence gate when you have electric fencing? Um, people are used to it. They like it. They don't, that metal fence does not get electrified, and so they can touch it. They can climb over right there if they want to. Um, it's simple to use. Though those type of gates require very sturdy corner posts or gate posts on each side of it. Um, a lot of people make their own gates out of the tape or the rope using a gate handle and a connector, or we actually have some kind of interesting gates that retract into the, the casing that they come in. So those are the ones we got. Those, like ones those. Have, those yeah. are really nice. They're, they're retractable. They're like, what can, how can... Uh, they're spring-loaded, and they roll themselves up into this little in plastic this case. Plastic case, yeah. yeah. They're really nice because it just gets them tucked right out of the way. It's lovely. It's kind of like a tape measure. When you yes, yes, like yes, yes, measure, yes, yeah. like a tape measure does, right. And it sucks itself back in. So yeah. Now, how about longevity and durability? That's the one thing that came to mind when, I, when, when we first started using those. Are, are, are they going to last? Um, they should. They don't always. Many people extend them out too far, and just like a tape measure, the springs inside wear down, and they'll break. And so if you're using them gently as they should be used, they should last quite a while. Uh, yeah, you're not really supposed up. to let them go and let them go zing. That's probably not good. That, 
that's correct as well. Yeah, your so, tape measure, you're not supposed to do that either because that'll wear that right. out too. And, <laughs> I know because I've worn a few tape measures out. I can see a bunch of nine-year-old boys <laughs> yeah, out at the ranch. <laughs> having fun with that one. <laughs> Mine can go in quicker than yours. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> so, so that's one option that we used. And do you recommend... Now, how many strands do you recommend uh, of the poly tape or poly rope? Um, at, at least three, usually. Uh, some people choose four. It all depends upon the look that they want. Uh, most horses only need one or two. Right. And that's usually toward the, the upper part of the fence. The two-strand fence kind of looks funny. So people often tend for three or four if they want to have a more of a split-rail type looking fence. Some cattle farms, actually, I mean, I'm talking about cows here, but some cattle farms only use one strand of wire. That never worked for our cows. No, our cows always got out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some places places do. We need 12 wires for our cows. That's why we don't have cows anymore. (laughs) Jennifer was so concerned that when I first met her way back in early horse husband days that I was going to grow attached to the cows and we weren't going to be able to butcher the cows. After they got out a few thousand times and we were chasing them around the 100-acre farm, I was ready to shoot them in the field. Uh, It was just, I was so sick of those cows after a period of time. Well, we wouldn't have to worry about that if they had a tape fence back then. Yeah, they didn't have it back then. <laughs> so now, so we actually put four on ours. We did put end up doing four, and part of the reason that we ended up doing four is our fence is dual purpose. Not only does it hold Beaker, our quarter horse, in, we also use it to run our greyhound. So that's the area where we take our greyhound. Greyhounds can't be let loose because they go 35 miles an hour and they're gone. Um, so we need a fenced-in-place to run her, and we just put that extra bottom one on there as a visual barrier for our greyhound. So, and it's been working out beautifully. She loves it out there. Oh, that's great. So th- there's something that probably you've never used your fence for before, was running greyhound. Never have. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll probably be the only time, too. <laughs> now, there's one other thing we should cover in this part, and that's posts. Um, what types of posts can you use for the poly tape or the poly rope? Uh, you can use traditional T-posts wood posts that are either round or square, or you can use temporary plastic or poly posts. Um, any type of post that you have will work with it. It all depends on the type of insulator that you use to connect your poly product to whatever type of post you have. So if you have a T-post with rope, we have certain insulators that work on T-posts that work for rope. If you have T-posts with a poly tape that's two inches wide, we have different insulators that work for that application. And so... We have corner post insulators for wood and corner post insulators for T-posts, for tape and for rope. And so we have a lot of flexibility in the joining of your wire product with your post. You recommended to us that uh, we should go, especially down here in the sandy, loose soil that we have in Florida, you recommended that we should go with uh, wooden posts in the corners, uh, and we, we concreted those in, and then also wooden posts at the gates, which is what we ended up doing, and then everywhere else we used the green T-posts. Um, digging down here was so easy, it was unbelievable in the sand compared to what we were used to in Pennsylvania in the shale, where we'd get one post in a day if we were lucky. But we, we found that uh, we really like having the wooden posts in the corners as those solid anchors. That makes a much sturdier fence, and you can pull off of it, and... Uh, it, it's just a good practice to have good, solid corner posts because making corners with whatever type of wire product you're going to use, it has a tendency to pull in, and if you don't reinforce that corner T-post, you'll have problems with it eventually. It, it's got a little spring a, to it, doesn't a, it? A very yeah. strong fence. 
Yeah. Now, one other thing about the posts, the wooden posts, is we were told down here that apparently, and I'm sure this is true everywhere, with the weather down here being so hot and humid, is if you use the square wooden posts, they tend to warp and twist. And people down here all tend to use the round wooden posts. Do you find that to be the case in all areas of the country? or It all depends on the climates and humidity factors and uh, heaves from frost and everything. So different places use different posts. And in Ocala, that's a very common factor is uh, the heat. And so round posts usually do a little better than wood posts as far as not warping or bending. Yeah, but, yeah, the square ones tend to do that. And even when we looked at them in the piles at the store, those square ones tended to be a little twisted. That's correct. Yeah, so we, went, we did end up going with the round ones. Jennifer, was there anything else that we wanted to cover in this section about the layout? And I just can't reiterate enough. Send them accurate measurements. Tell them what kind of post you're using in the corners and then the stretches, and they will just put together what you need. It just made it so it's, easy. It's it's wonderful one stop because you can surf around that website. There are options like crazy. So regardless of what kind of post you need to use, wood square, wood round, metal posts, temporary posts for dividing large fields, they've got all the little bits and parts to make that happen. So if you just draw up a drawing, label what you want, um, the folks over at Field Guardian just say, okay, this this is your... This is your best um, scenario. This is what we would recommend. Does that work for you? And they work with you if there's like, because at one point there was something we decided to change before we got our, our uh, parts in. Just called them on the phone and said, hey, can we try this, uh, this way instead of that way? They talked me through it. Oh, that's going to be a good option for you guys. They adjusted what we needed and it worked out beautifully. So it's all about communicating and they're really friendly people. So that's easy to do. Well, next, uh, the next segment we're going to do here, Jason, uh, coming up uh, is about the type, is about the tape, and is about actually building the thing and some of the things we ran into. Plus, we want to talk about chargers. Chargers are an important part of an electric fence, and there's some options with chargers as well. So we're going to get into that in just uh, in in the next segment. So we'll be back okay. with that shortly. Thank you so much, Jason. It's FieldGuardian.com. FieldGuardian.com. Well, there you go. To listen to all four parts of this entertainingly informative conversation, stay tuned to Horse Tip Daily. They will be posted consecutively. You can also go to www.fieldguardian.com, as Glenn mentioned, to surf or to shop. Or if you have questions that Glenn and I didn't get answered, you can call them. It's 800-967-9735. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they're the ones that make these shows possible. Today's sponsor has been EquestrianCollections.com. Don't forget, you can hop on over there and join their Mount Up Rewards program and earn yourself some Equestrian Collections cash. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.